Always start with nature. That's my message. That's why humans are sick. That's why we're psychologically and mentally and physically ill as we've become domesticated. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. I love this company and what I love most about them is their instant coffee because 64% of us Americans drink coffee daily. But 100% of us should be drinking the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee because it's more than just coffee. It's got lion's mane, which you may know is really good for your brain. It's my favorite medicinal mushroom. It helps with focus, productivity, and creativity. In fact, Buddhist monks for a very long time have been using lion's mane to help their focus during meditation. It also includes chaga, the king of mushrooms. But what is really cool about it is it's 100% organic. It's got no sugar, no carbs, no calories. It's it's a vegan, paleo, sugar-free, dairy-free. Although mine's not dairy-free because I put butter or ghee in it. But the rad thing about it is that it has about half the caffeine of regular coffee, which is, you know, fine because you can just put two packets of it in your coffee if you want to go all out. But the mushroom coffee is way easier on my gut. It doesn't have that like jittery crash thing going on, probably because it doesn't have any mold (laughs) and it's really high quality coffee. But the very best thing about this is that they are easy to use packets you can take anywhere. So I put them in my suitcase, in my backpack every time I travel literally every single time uh, I've got the Four Sigmatic little uh, you know, travel packets of coffee with me. It dissolves very easily in cold or hot water. So I'll use this on the airplane. I take it on road trips. Anytime I need a little boost of brain power or energy, I use the Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee. It's freaking amazing. I'm not even joking. Uh, I have a special offer for you, of course, as a a, a coveted audience member, you can get 15% off your Four Sigmatic order. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke Story. Enter the code Luke Story at checkout. That's L U K E S T O R E Y. And the website again is foursigmatic.com slash Luke Story. Spelled out, that's F O U R S I G M A T I C. Foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke Story. Save 15% off. Try this coffee out. You're going to freaking love it, guaranteed. If you listen to this show, you know that I always say nature is the ultimate biohack, right? So I've been doing a simple and natural therapy in my house every morning and sometimes in the evening for the past three years. And it has worked wonders for me. I've seen a huge boost in my testosterone levels. I have way less inflammation and my skin complexion has never been clearer. What's the secret? Well, every morning I spend about 10 to 15 minutes in front of my Juve red light therapy system. That's J-O-O-V-V. Natural light is crucial for your cellular health. And most of us don't get nearly enough light for optimal health. But with my Juve... I get a full day's worth of healthy natural light in just a few minutes right in my own home. Problem solved. I mean, I live in LA, it's sunny, but honestly, some days I don't get out there and do as much as I'd like to. So the natural light from a juve supercharges the mitochondria in your cell so your body can make more energy. There's all kinds of health benefits backed up by thousands of peer-reviewed clinical studies for those of you that like that. For the simple version of it, you can just go to juve.com forward slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V dot com forward slash Luke. Over there, you're going to get a special bonus from the team at Juve. And you can dive into the research as to the efficiency and legitimacy of this therapy. That's juve.com forward slash Luke. Check it out. Welcome one and welcome all to a very special bonus episode of the Lifestylist podcast. This talk was taken from a live event at which I spoke known as Mercado Sagrada, one of my favorite events in the world, takes place annually in Malibu, California, out in the mountains. 
And it's uh, quite a good time. For anyone that's been there, you'll know. The past couple of years, I've presented my biohacking lounge and then also provided a talk on various topics. This one was called the Flow State Formula, Neurohacking Mindfulness. And in this particular talk, I'm going to give a lot of juicy and very specific details. And I'm guessing now that you're going to want all of the resources mentioned in this particular speech. So here's what you do if you want it. You go to this URL, lukestory.com forward slash limitless. That's lukestory.com forward slash limitless. Or text the word, all one word, I am limitless to the number 44222 on a US phone. So text this number, 44222, open up your text, then insert the word I am limitless and click send. That gives you access to my slide deck that I used for this presentation. Here's what I talk about in this talk. The roots of brain fog, parasites, heavy metals, inflammation, leaky gut, poor sleep habits, some great sleep tools like describing the use of the chili pad, the aura ring, various types of meditation, the value of float tanks and breath work and kundalini yoga, cryotherapy, ice baths, inversions, movement, blood flow, binaural beats, new calm, the brain tap, the amp coil and the biocharger, different brainwave entrainment and frequency technologies, cranial microstimulation from devices like the circadia and the alpha stem, the value of neurofeedback, molecular hydrogen, sun gazing and vitamin D, the importance and use of magnesium, nootropics and smart drugs like qualia, paracetam, aniracetam, modafinil, nootropics that I'm currently using like methylene blue, blue canatine, it's got nicotine, CBD, uh, methylene blue, and uh, what's the other one? Caffeine, my favorites. Using caffeine and ketones to optimize your brain. Then we get into microdosing with things like LSD and psilocybin and how to integrate lion's mane and different medicinal mushrooms into that. How important it is to stop multitasking and the use of different technologies on your computer that can keep you focused. So this one's all about optimizing your productivity, your creativity, and your access to flow state. And as I said, all of the things I just mentioned are in the slide deck, which you can get at lukestory.com forward slash limitless, or text the word, I am limitless to 44222 on a US phone. Next Tuesday, I'll be back with an episode called This is My Brain on Drugs, Booze, EMF, and Trauma with Dr. Daniel Amen, where we go through my SPECT brain scan and the results of what he found and what I'm now going to do about it. So really a lot of brain action going on in the next week. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll go ahead and dive right into this talk that I did at Mercado Sagrado. All right, so what we're going to talk about is activating the brain to access consciousness. And there are many different ways of thinking about mind, brain, consciousness. My framework is very simple. I look at the brain as sort of a radio transmitter that you can tune to different channels. And the clearer your receiver transmitter is, the more access you have to super consciousness or universal mind. In other words, that universal intelligence that exists throughout the cosmos and on this planet throughout every living and non-living thing, everything is a vibrational field, right? And so by optimizing the physical brain and really working on strengthening and opening that brain energetically, sometimes exogenously, which we're going to talk about, and sometimes as we just did using our own energy, right? Going within. We're going to talk about every tool that I've found currently, if I can do that in 45 minutes, which I probably can't. Uh, we're going to talk about every tool that I've discovered to be useful for that, and some of you will have explored some of these things. Some of you will want to go find them. And some of you will be drawn to some of the more techie bits, some of you more to the more plant medicine bits, etc. But the idea here is to really differentiate the brain and mind or consciousness. Does that make sense? Cool. Oh, God, it feels good to squat after standing all day. So this is my PowerPoint. If we're finding that our brain is slower than our consciousness or higher self wants it to be, there's often some very low-hanging fruit that will likely be the culprits. And generally, we call this brain fog. It's like that inability to think clearly. It's the inability to be crisp and to remember and to be focused and present. And sometimes, no matter how much meditation you do and how much you pray to God and how spiritually 
aligned you are and how hard you work at that and how surrendered you are into that process, the brain just doesn't want to go along with you. And so these are some of the most common issues. First ones being parasites, heavy metals, inflammation, leaky gut, and poor sleeping habits. And for the first few, a good way to figure out if you have that going on is to just explore the world of functional medicine or a naturopath and really get your labs done a few times a year and find out what's going on. Sometimes it's like you think, oh, I have the wrong diet. And meanwhile, it's like the metal amalgam mercury-filled feelings in your head and you have mercury poisoning. Uh, I found out years ago that I had really high lead. And so I was kind of getting dim-witted and going like, God, I used to be a little brighter than this. What happened? And I had just crazy off-the-chart lead. I think from refinishing a banister with a heat gun that was painted with lead paint, I finally got enough lead out where I could figure out how it happened and uh, went to avoid that. But those are like, that's, that's the first step for me because a lot of people want to do the smart drugs and the nootropics and the microdosing and they want to turn on their brain, but you can't turn on your brain if it's full of toxins. And those are some of the, the main ones that you'll find. Next into the sleep hygiene. Uh, I think now it's, we're in a really great time because sleep is becoming trendy. Like people want to crush sleep. It's a performance metric now. It's amazing. Me and my friends, we all use this thing called the Aura Ring and you can track your sleep quite accurately. It comes with a little app and, you know, when you wake up, it's like the first thing I do. I'm like, sync my Aura Ring. So I sleep with the Bluetooth off, which is a little hot tip if you don't want to radiate yourself while you sleep. I sync that and I'm like, oh God, I only got an 89. What did I do last night? Oh shit, I ate some chocolate at 10 o'clock or whatever it was, right? Went to the movies without my blue blockers on. I mean, there's all kinds of things I've figured out that really wreck my sleep. And then when you start to gamify sleep, it helps you to value it because you can start to really track how you feel each day based on the sleep score you get. And then if you turn into a real geek like me and all my biohacking homies, we're like texting each other like, oh, burn, dude, I got a 95. What'd you get? 70, you know? It's fun because sleep is really like the number one thing. I don't care how many supplements you take. I just did an IV, probably like a $300 IV over here with everything times 10. And I feel pretty good. But if I would have gotten better and longer sleep last night, that would not even have moved the needle. You know what I mean? Sleep is just so important. And tracking it and gamifying it is one way to really help improve that and see what works and what doesn't. Because we all kind of have our, our magic medicine. You know, I love uh, all kinds of different herbs and things like that. They're helpful with sleep. And I can tell which ones work and which ones don't to the point where you can track deep sleep and REM sleep. So I know if I take a ton of CBD and especially if it has any THC, for example, I'll get a lot of great deep sleep, but my REM sleep will suck. If you drink alcohol, your REM sleep will be trashed. If you smoke weed, your REM sleep is trashed. I don't do either of those, but I do like CBD for the deep sleep. So kind of learn how to fine tune them. Uh, the main impedance to sleep I have found over the years of really dialing this in is temperature control. And this is more prevalent with guys. How many guys in the room overheat when you're in bed at night? Okay, that's quite a few. Well, there's more women here than guys, I think, generally. How, show me how many guys do not ever have a problem waking up too hot. Is there one guy? Okay, there we go. That's a better way to measure it. So I've met very few women who are like, oh my God, I just wake up sweaty all night unless they're in menopausal or something, right? Uh, but most of us tend to wake up hot and we don't realize that's what it is. You're just like, oh, I slept like shit last night and you have no idea why. So I discovered this thing a few years ago called a chili pad. Now they have an upgraded device called the uh, Uller, like cooler without the C. And this is a water-filled little thin pad that goes under your fitted sheet that you can control the temperature of. And it's free. Yeah, she's like, whoa, yeah, it's fucking amazing because you can be sleeping with a partner and you can each have one and you can each control your own temperature on your side of the bed. So like if you're a guy that runs hot and you're sleeping with a woman or whomever that runs cold, their side of the bed can be like 90 degrees and yours can be 55. It's fantastic. And so it saves a lot of relationships also from what I hear. If you have two of them, that is, or maybe the one person doesn't need one. So Controlling the temperature and, of course, the light in the room are just really great ways to hack the sleep. And then when you have the aura ring and you start measuring it, then you can dial in the supplements and the food and all of the things that really impact your sleep. But as far as brain function, nothing ever trumps sleep. That's why it's the number one. Next is meditation. And I'm preaching to the choir, I'm hoping, based on the look of this crowd. But nothing 
clears your mind once you've gotten good sleep, like a solid meditation practice. And what I mean by that is something that's really habituated where, you know, once to twice a day, you're dropping into whatever practice for at least 10, if not 20 or 60 minutes. Um, I've built up from in the beginning five minutes, I would just be going out of my skin. And then I started to get, you know, learn some practices. I learned Vedic meditation, which is 20 minutes twice a day. It's kind of the sister to a TM, transcendental meditation. And then now I'm into all these different brain training devices and brainwave entrainment technologies and things, which I'll cover that take meditation to the next level where, I mean, I'll be pissed if somebody interrupts me after two hours, you know, I'm just like out there. And when I come out of there, that's the best time for me to access creativity and flow state. That's when the brain has calmed down enough and you've gone into a parasympathetic state. You've optimized your brain waves to the place where you can really be creative or empathetic or whatever it is that you're trying to do in your work. My work involves both of those. So meditation is huge for brain function and also sleep. Next one's float tanks, or as they're officially called, sensory deprivation uh, tanks or chambers. Has anyone done a float? Yeah, I figured so. I love talking at these kind of events because people aren't like, oh, that's weird. Why would you sit in water by yourself? Uh, You know, sometimes I do. I speak at like health events and sometimes they're more consciousness events. So I'm always trying to suss out who's done what. Uh, Float tanks I discovered a few years ago, and the idea here, for those of you that don't know what it is, is you step into a chamber, which can be a little tank, kind of like a coffin, or in a better case scenario, uh, as is, there's two places in LA, by the way, uh, Just Float in Pasadena, and then Float Lab in uh, Westwood and Venice. They have a full-on room, so it's a small room you go into with a big tub of water that's highly saturated with Epsom salt. And the Epsom salt relaxes your body because it's a type of magnesium and it causes you to float. So there's just as much salt in it, just the right amount of salt in it so you can lay back and float without drowning. So it comes up to right around your face. So the only part of you that's exposed is your nose, mouth, and eyes. And it's the same for everyone, no matter how much you weigh, which is interesting. You'd think someone bigger and heavier would sink, but they don't. I don't know. It's, it's God's magic. But what's interesting here is that if they do it right, which the two places that I just recommended here in LA do, the temperature of the air and the water will be regulated and kept the exact temperature of your skin the entire time you're in there. I like to do about a two-hour float. For some people, they get a little antsy, but I I like being alone. (laughs) So I'll do a two-hour float. But what the temperature control does is it helps you to disassociate. So if anyone's ever done ketamine, it's like that, but less dizzying. So you disassociate from the physical sensation of your body, and this allows the consciousness outside of and inside your mind and brain to run free. And so it's just an incredible exploration, uh, sort of a forced meditation. If you can really surrender to the process and get comfortable and get used to the fact that there's salt water going in your ears and you just kind of deal with that and accept that that's what's going on. And sometimes it takes two or three visits for someone to really click into this practice But when you do, it does fantastic things for your ability to access consciousness. It's a very psychedelic experience. Some people, I've not done this myself yet, but some people will in fact have psychedelic experiences as an add-on to their floats. I would find that problematic unless you have a driver, you know, of course, because with all psychedelic experiences, you think it's going to be fun, but then the thing you're doing only lasts an hour or two and the psychedelics last nine that can be problematic. Um, But a lot of people experiment with different states of consciousness with float tanks. And they gained popularity in the 60s, started to really ramp up in the 70s as an alternative to psychedelics because you can induce the same experience. And in the 80s, we had the beginning of the AIDS crisis and people did not want to go get in a body of water that other people had been floating in, right? And so like the AIDS crisis killed float tanks until we figured out that they're safe and clean. And if you go to a reputable uh, float spa or center, they meticulously cleanse the water in between each person with UV light and ozone. And, you know, it's very germ-free for those of you that don't want to float in someone else's stank water. Breathwork. I do breathwork every single day, all the time, all different types. Every yogic tradition I've ever practiced has a different modality. The one we just did in the beginning happens to be from the Kundalini Yoga tradition. There's all kinds of different practices now. And again, breath work, much like the float tank experience, is a way to access consciousness and have mind-altering experiences stone cold sober. So if you're someone that is physically sensitive or sober and you know is like the journey for you is not taking any sort of medicine or psychedelics, uh, really one of the most popular and effective and transformative 
modalities of breath work known as holotropic breathing, uh, which was uh, invented by Stan Groff, actually came to be because he'd been working with people using LSD for transformative healing experiences. And as LSD started to move out into the mainstream culture and became illegal because it was waking people up, there are powers that be that don't want us to be awakened, in my opinion and experience. Breathwork sort of was born out of the psychedelic movement and also obviously goes back uh, time immemorial through all the yogic traditions, etc. But any kind of breathwork you can do, again, is going to have a multitude of effects. One of the main ones being is that it's going to hyper-oxygenate your brain. And again, your brain being the transmitter and receiver, right? The brain is the transmitter of thought and consciousness and the receiver of thought and consciousness. And the more activated and nutrient-dense and oxygen-rich our brain is, the more blood flow we have, the better it works and the better we're able to access flow states and be of higher service in the world. I love this flip chart thing. I'm kind of into this. I might start doing this all the time. It's very, um, you guys ever take yoga with Guru Singh? I think that's where I stole the idea, perhaps. A friend of mine helped me do the illustrations. I can't take ownership of these lovely drawings. Uh, Kundalini Yoga, which we just practiced a little bit, and I'm sure many of you have participated in. And for, for, the, for the novice or someone who has not had the experience of partaking in that practice, and you find it for any reason to be perhaps off-putting because of all the mm, sort of traditional garb and turbans and wearing white. And it can appear somewhat weird or culty when you walk into Kundalini yoga class, depending on what studio you go into. I've experienced that, like bringing the homies to yoga and they're like, dude, what? Like, what is going on here? Where's the cult leader? And I said, don't worry, he's passed. Um, so no one's going to indoctrinate you. But um, aside from that, there are reasons that people wear white and wear turbans and do all the things that you find within that tradition. I personally have been practicing for eight or nine years and I just wear whatever I feel like wearing that day. If it happens to be white, which it probably doesn't, I wear that. But I love Kundalini yoga because it's not like a club that you have to be the cool kid to get into. It's a teaching that's accessible to anyone and everyone. And no matter who you are, if you're able to sit in one place and breathe and move your hands and chant, it can really transform your life. And I think the net effect that I've had from Kundalini yoga is just a complete expansion of my consciousness and more so specifically and not necessarily related to this particular talk, but it's just a deep inner emotional healing. I mean, when you're in class with a great teacher and you're listening to beautiful mantra and you're singing and you're in full willing participation, energetically, it's extremely transformative and healing, especially in the longer workshops. Like today, they have white tantras. All the, all the real Kundalini diehards aren't here. They're wherever that's happening today. But if you do like Kundalini yoga all day, You'll never be the same person afterward. It's pretty much a guarantee. Next one's cryo, cryotherapy and ice baths. Now, if you live somewhere that's very cold, you can do cryotherapy just by walking around outdoors naked, you know, if it's um, below freezing. However, there are centers now where you can go in and get very cold for short periods of time. Uh, I like cryo, but what I really like is the ice bath. In fact, I saw one of the vendors that's selling food over here setting up a big chest freezer on the ground when I was setting up yesterday. I was like, oh man, I wish they would fill that with water and we could all go do an ice bath. That's what I do at home. You know, um, I hacked my a, a freezer to become an ice bath and had my handyman build a little wood case around it. It looks kind of like this stuff around here. Pretty vibey. Doesn't look that disgusting sitting out in the backyard. But what getting cold does for you is blast you with happy chemicals in your brain. So the neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, the ones that make us feel really good are instantly produced when your body gets really cold. I don't know why that is, but it's verifiable and absolutely true. And if you're someone that suffers from depression or anxiety or oscillates between the two of those, Getting cold, I mean, very cold on a regular basis will change your life and change the way you feel. And again, elevate your mood to allow your consciousness and mind to expand into new areas of creativity. As far as the cryo, just for those of you that haven't experienced with these, the cryo is cold and uncomfortable. It's cold air usually or liquid nitrogen, but you only have to do like three minutes to get the effect. But I don't find it as deeply penetrating or mood altering as doing an ice bath. Nice bath, just to speak technically, you want the water to be under 55 degrees and your duration is going to be like three to 10 minutes, depending on how much you can stand and how cold it is. An easy way to build up to either of these is just to start to turn the water cold at the end of your shower, which is pretty easy to do in LA, to be honest, 
and then eventually just migrate into all cold showers and don't take hot showers, which is what I do most of the time. In fact, I was just in Atlanta doing an event out there and the house where I was staying, it was really cold out there. And the house where I was staying just didn't have hot water. It was some like, uh, you know, um, like a resort kind of condo thing. And I was like, cool. The one time I want a hot shower, I only have cold water. Taking some of my own medicine. But I find even just cold, a cold shower in the morning is just like sets my nervous system into like, I can handle shit today, which is a really great place to start your day from. Inversions, movement, and blood flow. So I'm a big fan of hanging upside down. There's a number of ways you can do that. Of course, you have headstands and handstands and yogic traditions. Any way you can get yourself upside down, especially after you've done some breath work or taken some of the substances that I'm about to cover next. Um, Just a little insider hot tip here is anything you want to get into your brain that's in your bloodstream gets there a lot faster if you hang upside down. More than anything, what we want there is blood, which carries oxygen, which makes our brain function happen. And that, of course, happens from movement, whether that be... CrossFit, running, lifting, whatever your movement practice happens to be, anything that gets your blood flowing is going to get blood in your brain. But if you add hanging upside down into that, you're taking shit to the next level. Neuroacoustic therapy or training. Many people are familiar with binaural beats. And this is an activation where you're using sound in your ears to induce different brainwave states. So if you're feeling too beta and too hyper, there's ways that you can induce a brainwave state to make yourself more calm and go into an alpha, which is like a waking, creative, calm, but focused state or a theta state, which happens to be my favorite place to live all the time whenever possible. Theta wave state can be described as your body's asleep, but your mind's not. And that's that sort of twilight daydream place that we can get to with some of the practices that I'm going to cover. But there are devices and technologies that can take us there too and help to activate our creative potential. And one of the most amazing things I think about the brainwave entrainment technologies, by the way, you can try this one, BrainTap, over my booth. I just invited them to come hang out because it's a really cool activation for people. And I think they have three chairs and just come over there and hang out. I don't sell anything. It's just all for fun and for free. Uh, But what these are really great for is really reprogramming the subconscious mind. So those of us that are into creative visualization and manifestation, those things are very hard to do when you have limiting beliefs lodged in your subconscious mind. And whether you think you do or not, you probably do. Unless you had absolutely perfect parents and you've had no trauma your whole life, which I doubt any of us qualify for. The ability to to alter your brainwave states and make you more teachable and impressionable is a really good thing when you're putting good information in. So this is where you could listen to guided meditations like Joe Dispenza or Tony Robbins or any motivational uh, teacher or speaker that has a great message of positivity and transformation, putting your brain into this kind of a malleable state makes it really easy to go into super learning where you're learning this stuff and you're changing your subconscious mind knowingly and willingly, but in a sense, it's being done for you by just allowing the portals of the mind to open by using the brainwave entrainment. So it's a really good sort of self-hypnosis tool that you can use to really change yourself and get rid of those ideas that many of us have that, you know, we can never make it. We don't deserve to be financially secure or have the relationship that we want or the career that we want. And those things that consciously we feel we deserve and we're like, we're good at this thing. We own this thing. We want this thing. And it just won't happen because when you were five, your dad was like, you're a piece of shit. You're never going to be anything. Between one and seven, or whatever your poison was, between one and seven, you walk around predominantly in a theta state, and that's how nature designs you because you're being programmed to fit into whatever culture or society that you're meant to come into adulthood in. So it's really interesting that as an adult, you can put yourself in theta and actually re-brainwash yourself and displace the erroneous and false beliefs that you picked up while you were being programmed or traumatized in the worst case scenario. Does that make sense? Cool shit, right? There's so much great technology now, and some of it is, this is new, but it's not really new. It's as old as humankind, you know, that we have the ability to alter our consciousness. It's just that now, through technology and in some cases, chemistry, which I'll cover, we actually have the power to boost that and to do it faster and more powerfully. 
A couple great devices for brainwave entrainment and changing your energy are the amp coil and the biocharger. And these use different frequencies to change you on a cellular level. And so the biocharger is a really fantastic device. Many people here have tried it today at my booth. You can come by and check that out and learn more about it. But it's very transformative, very powerful. Another one's cranial microstimulation. There's two different devices that I like. One, the Circadia and the Alpha Stim. By the way, at the end, I'm going to give you a text opt-in, which is going to send you all of these links. So don't think you have to remember all this. I know it's a lot of shit to take in. The last slide is a thing where you can text me, give me your email, and I send you all the, the PDF of the whole thing. These, again, are ways that you can artificially stimulate yourself into different brain waves. And these are both, by the way, great for sleep and also for anxiety and depression. Anxiety, depression, and sleep are kind of all interwoven. And many of us that have one of those at a different time in our life will suffer from the other one once we cure that. It's kind of that trifecta thing. Of course, good sleep helps with both. But these technologies can put your healing from those particular issues on hyperspeed. It's really, really powerful technology. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. I'm about to hook you up with one of the hottest tips in brain health. It's something called NeuroFuel. It used to be called Siltep, and this is something I've been using for years. You can find it over at naturalstacks.com. Now, this is the original patented Siltep formula, now with a new name and a way lower price, which is super cool. It's called NeuroFuel because it acts as fuel for your neurotransmitters and supports synaptic connectivity which is a geeky way of saying more signaling between your brain cells, and that means more brain power. Now, when I take this stuff, I feel an absolute increased level of engagement and novelty, and this allows for improved concentration, memory, and productivity. So it's a really interesting compound because it helps you to be focused, but you're also in a good mood. Some products that make you focused make you totally antisocial and nuts. So I've always loved Siltep. And I'm stoked that it's now called NeuroFuel because it actually makes more sense to me. I'm super stoked also that it's only $29.95. So it's a very affordable nootropic. And if you're one of those people that's been curious about smart drugs and nootropics and all the stuff that I talk about on the show that improves cognition and brain health, this is a really easy access point. It's very safe and all of their ingredients are very transparent. You can go on naturalstacks.com and look at every single product and see the direct line from where all of the ingredients come from. So I really like that level of transparency and purity. Now, in addition to NeuroFuel, I'm just going to give a bonus plug here for you and for these guys, and that's their product called MagTech. If you've been listening to the show for a while, I'm sure you've heard me refer to this. This is, in my opinion, the very best magnesium product on the market because it has three different forms of magnesium that are all very bioavailable. And you can find all of this and tons of other great supplements in general all at naturalstacks.com forward slash Luke. That's naturalstacks.com slash Luke. I got a code for you, of course. It's going to save you 15% off if you enter the code Luke Story at checkout. So once again, that's naturalstacks.com forward slash Luke. The code is Luke Story. And now back to the interview. And then we've got neurofeedback. It's another type of technology that uses brainwave entrainment. This hooks you up to a bunch of electrodes on your head. There's a place in West LA called Peak Brain LA. I've done a lot of training there. And this is where you actually teach your brain to teach itself. So it's a biofeedback or neurofeedback, meaning there's a feedback loop. Your brain's getting stimuli from a screen that's producing an effect in your brain that produces certain brain waves and goes into a computer and that computer dictates what you see on the screen next. So essentially what neurofeedback is, is your consciousness is stepping back and your brain is watching your brain. And then you're watching your brain watch itself. And the net effect of that, as complicated as that might sound, is that you're actually training your brain like you would train your muscles or something in a gym. So you're training your brain like, I want more alpha. I want more theta. I want more balanced beta. I don't want to be in high beta, like that state of anxiety. And neurofeedback is also a very safe and effective, albeit quite expensive, cure. I mean cure, verifiably, for PTSD, ADD, and ADHD. So a lot of ex-military, you know, a lot of vets use this. A lot of uh, children with autism and learning disabilities and things like that find neurofeedback to not only be helpful, but oftentimes actually get rid of the problem altogether. 
Molecular hydrogen, another thing that I have over my booth you can come try is a, a hydrogen inhaler. And essentially the hydrogen comes in two ways. You can get in little tabs that are effervescent. You put them in water and you drink the hydrogen gas. Or if you want to get super fancy, you get the inhaler. This is a great anti-inflammatory for your brain. Many of us, because of leaky gut, mold, lime, all the things, heavy metals, have inflammation in the brain that prevent us from actually accessing flow state. And hydrogen is one of the best ways to reduce the inflammation in your brain. Next one, sun gazing. And not only sun gazing, but also getting sun on as much of your body as possible as you can do safely to make sure that your vitamin D levels are up. So many of your hormones, which affect your mood, are related to your vitamin D. So people that are low in vitamin D can suffer from all of these seemingly unrelated issues having to do with mood. And all it really is, is they're having a deficiency in what is really the hormone vitamin D. So don't get sunburn, but I always recommend not to be afraid of the sun. Use the sun in moderation and figure out what you can do safely. Me personally, I don't know, maybe it's the Italian in me. I don't really get sunburn. I go out in the sun all the time. I use the living libations oils on my face. I don't, it doesn't make me too wrinkly. I'm 49. I'm holding up okay. I don't believe in the fake news that the sun is evil. I think that humans throughout history have worshipped the sun because they were vastly intelligent and understand there's a wisdom in the photonic energy that the sun gives to all living things on the planet. So I'm a huge sun worshiper and specifically sun gazing at dawn and at sunset. And that's when the sun has a very specific spectrum and a narrow spectrum of infrared light. So it's that red amber light and nothing, nothing gets your dopamine high as sun gazing. The sun is what regulates your circadian rhythm and it's what regulates your mood. Now, admittedly, I have a hard time with the sunrise, sun gazing, because I'm a bit of a night owl. But when and if I can do it, I have the best day ever, and my energy is off the charts, and my mental clarity and mood and creativity is as well. Next one's magnesium. This is the only supplement I ever really recommend on an ongoing basis. It's because I've interviewed, so I have a podcast called The Lifestylist Podcast, shameless plug there. I have flyers for it for those of you that want to remember that later. I've interviewed some of the most brilliant medical professionals in the world. And I asked them, what's the number one thing people are deficient in? And it's either going to be magnesium or vitamin D, but most of the time it's vitamin D. And when it comes to brain function and, uh, sorry, it's going to be magnesium. Most of the time when it comes to sleep issues and brain function, the magnesium deficiency is at the root of that problem. And that's because it's not in our food, because it's not in our soil, because our soil is dead. There are some people bringing it back to life through regenerative, regenerative farming, thankfully. It's also not in our water as it used to be when we lived off spring water, off the land. So magnesium supplements, Pristine Hydro's got a great one. Again, I'll give you the, you know, the notes for this later. And Natural Stacks. And both of those I link to. I don't really sell anything, but I link to them on my web store. Uh, then nootropics and smart drugs. Huge topic becoming really popular. Uh, some people will say nootropics are any sort of uh, compound at all, whether natural or laboratory-made that increases brain function. And to me, nootropics are more kind of in the natural category and then smart drugs are synthetic and are made in a lab. And some of my personal favorites, I'm trying to think, what ones am I on today? Uh, only the first and second. Qualia is natural, plant-based. Every single compound known to man that improves your brain function is in something called qualia. And in the racetam family of paracetam and aniracetam, and those are amazing for speaking and writing. So verbal acuity because of oxygenation of the brain and even things that we don't even understand how it works, those two right there are amazing if you're a writer, actor, public speaker, podcaster, things like that. Paracetam is like in my daily diet. That stuff is just incredible and the safety profile is quite robust as well. On the more hardcore spectrum, you have something called modafinil, which the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper is loosely based on. Modafinil is like a true smart drug, meaning you take it and you're like, holy shit, I'm like 500% smarter an hour later. It's also a bit stimulating, so I recommend, you know, it's not for everyone. Uh, it does require a prescription. It was originally developed for narcolepsy, so it makes you alert and awake, but it is not an amphetamine. So it's not like crystal meth or uh, what's the other one? The legal crystal meth, uh, Adderall. Not like that, but because it doesn't make you feel weird and creepy and take radios apart and not put them back together. But it makes you very alert, but you're also somewhat calm. I mean, that's if you're taking like a, a small dose of it. So it's really a really interesting compound. It's not something I do all the time, but it's like if I'm behind on emails for three months, I'm like, 
turn off the phone, actually put the phone in the car outside in the garage, you know, turn off any kind of notifications on anything, take a modafinil and like catch up on those emails and you will not move from your computer for eight hours. It's that kind of thing. I gave some to a writer friend of mine the other night who had a, um, a you know, a sudden sort of opportunity to present a writing project to a, uh, you know, a TV producer and it's like, here, take half of this. She went home and like just crushed till six in the morning and then went to sleep. It doesn't like you can sleep on it. That's what's weird. Uh, a couple other great nootropics are methylene blue, which I don't really have time to go into, but again, you can get this later, the slides, and you can look it up. Uh, and nicotine. And not nicotine like a smoker nicotine, but microdosing of nicotine is really great for focus, brain function, and creativity. There's a product that I really love called Blue Canatine. It's got methylene blue, nicotine, CBD, and caffeine. And it's called a trochee. It's like a little lozenge you put up in your gum. When you have to do something creative for an extended period of time, it lights your brain up like crazy. It's amazing. It's very mood elevating too. Uh, as far as caffeine, I like to drink one fatty coffee a day. That's kind of my, my medicine. Uh, you can get the best coffee I've ever found over from my friend uh, Zen at Zen Bunny Coffee. It's biodynamic, which means it's like beyond organic and it's absolutely amazing and they're great people. So I always like to plug their coffee. And then being in a cyclical ketosis or eating a keto diet, which I find to be difficult. I never want to be in keto all the time because last night I wanted some cheesecake. You know what I mean? But ketones are really great for brain function and you can eat foods that are high in ketones like MCT oil. That's the thing that makes that so popular is it's high in ketones. And that just means that you're burning fat rather than glucose to get your energy. And when you have a lot of ketones in your system, you tend to think very clearly and be very alert and focused. You can take exogenous ketones too, but sometimes they make you go to the bathroom um, sooner and more often than you'd like. Next one's one of my favorites, microdosing, uh, psychedelics. So psilocybin containing mushrooms. There's a few varieties. The best one that I found is called albino A+. Some people like the penis envy mushrooms. You can guess why they're called that uh, because they're very potent. And you can take very little. But uh, I find the uh, Albino A-plus to be the cleanest and the best for microdosing because it's very subtle and not mood-altering in the sense where you're high. So this is something that is obviously not yet legal, but I have a feeling will become more legal in more places. And uh, this is not taking mushrooms to go party, not that there's anything wrong with that if that's your path. But this is like, I want to paint a painting. I want to write a song. I want to have a deep conversation with someone. I want to be connected. I want to listen to music. I want to meditate. I find that the microdosing of mushrooms and LSD in a very specific, very calculated way is really useful for brain function and also neuroplasticity, which the brain training I was talking about earlier when we want to really reprogram our brain and get rid of the bullshit that we learned out of the subconscious and put new information in that psychedelics in microdoses, if that's your path, and again, not something I would advise for everyone, especially someone that's on psych meds or is having like acute mental issues at this current moment. But it's definitely something worth researching because it increases the neuroplasticity, which allows you to get into your brain and work with your brain and change the way that you think and think in new ways, fire new neurons together and wire them together so that you, in fact, become a different person than you were before. These are a little tricky because of the legality and the sourcing and the dosing. So it's not something that I'm even an expert on. I've just met people that are and they've helped me to procure clean sources and all of that. And um, just don't tell the sheriffs that I'm doing it. LSD is even trickier because if you mess up on the dosage, you could have a really bad time. But I finally figured that one out with the help of a professional. And when I say like microdosing LSD, it's not, it's barely discernible. It's like so small. In fact, it's five, the dose that I like twice a week is five micrograms, which if anyone's taken a hit of acid and trip balls, five micrograms is one twentieth of a hit of acid. So imagine taking a tab of like blotter acid and cutting off one twentieth of it. That's how small of a dose it is. It's very, very subtle, but can be really powerful for certain types of work. Okay. Holy shit. How am I doing on time? Where's my timer? I got five minutes. Can I do Q&A now? Okay, sick. Okay, perfect. Wow. That was amazingly timed, probably because today was my LSD microdosing day. I'm tuned into the cosmos. All right. So I want for those of you that want this information, get out your phone right now. I'm going to do you a huge solid. 
What I get out of this is I get to get your email and then every Tuesday, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to send you an email just Tuesdays normally. Say, hey, I have a new podcast out. This is what it's about. If you don't want that, then you just get all the information I'm about to give you and then just unsubscribe from my shit and forget about it. But here's what you do. Text I am limitless to the number 44222. So just put the number 44222 in your phone. Only works on a US phone. And then in the body of the text, text me I am limitless one word. And then it's going to prompt you to enter your name and email. And then you're going to get like a real PDF deck with all the clickable links from all the stuff I talked about, except my LSD contact. <laughs> Which you could talk to me privately. I might be able to set it up. Uh, just kidding. If you don't have a US phone, you can go to the URL lukestory.com forward slash limitless. So the text is I am limitless to 44222. Uh, lukestory.com slash limitless is the URL. And you can also just take a picture of that and do it later. So that's how you can get all the information because I know it's a lot. And I love to share this stuff with people because it is a pain in the ass to learn some interesting things and then go home and be like, ah, oh, what was that thing? Oh, forget it. And then you never end up doing it. All right, Q&A. Rock the mic right here. Hi. So I've been following you for some time and I've seen your progress and you know so, so much from the physical to the spiritual. Is there anything right now at this moment that you're currently working on? Is it like emotional, spiritual, physical, or more than one? That's, you know, that's a good question. And thank you for, you know, hanging out with the work that I'm putting out. It's a, it's a pleasure to meet people that are benefiting from it. It's really inspiring. So thank you for that. Uh, for me, you know, I'm just, I'm just one of those people that, I've just always been a seeker. I'm always looking for the answers. And then I find answers and I integrate them for as long as I need to integrate them or until I find that they're no longer effective or necessary. And then sometimes I move on from that. You know, we go through phases or you have a different teacher or a guru or a master at a certain point and they take you to a certain level of development or consciousness and then you sort of outgrow that, you know? So I'm, I'm that guy. And I also find things and then new things come up. Three years ago, if you were like, oh, you should try microdosing LSD. I'm like, dude, I don't like, I don't do drugs. That's not, I'm not that guy. I mean, I was, but not anymore. You know, I've been sober for almost 23 years. So I have a really, you know, checkered past in that way. Now that's something that I'm really excited about because I've given myself sort of a newfound freedom and liberation to work within the confines of my own self-awareness and self-trust to know what my motives are and where I'm going with that, you know, to go do ayahuasca and not like that. That's not going to become like a party drug for me. You know what I mean? So what I'm into right now is really what I'm talking about. I think that's why this is the presentation that I pitched to these guys. I'm like, hey, come do a talk. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Last year, I just kind of talked about metaphysics and ego and mind and sort of becoming still and present. And that's great. And that also takes you to a certain point and then you can take that further. So what I'm into right now is like the work of Joe Dispenza. I'm into reprogramming my mind because as far as I've come and as much as I've evolved in this journey over 23 years, I find that a lot of this really, you really get stuck on the trauma. And I've had a lot of that in my life. Um, some of it at the hand of others uh, as, a, as a victim, a perpetrator relationship. And a lot of it just at my own doing from being a dumbass and putting myself in situations in which I got hurt in one way or another, right? And so those traumas really live in your mind. And no matter how much you try to think positive or be spiritual or meditate or pray to God, like a lot of it is a limbic system injury in the brain but because of neuroplasticity, it can be repaired and fixed. You can change your brain. It's amazing news. So I'm really focused on the brain right now. Thanks for the question. Yeah, you did it too. Is this thing on? Yeah, yeah. Is this thing on? Yeah, I'm that guy. Uh, who do you follow? Oh, man. I mean, I've, I've had so many teachers and having a podcast is such a, a gift. I've been doing that for three years. And it's like all the people that I ever wanted to interview... Or just talk to, you know what I'm saying? Just like, oh God, I read this guy's book or this lady's, I take her meditation class or whatever. I just wish I could sit down and like pick their brain and get to know them and really extract their knowledge. And having a platform was a really great way to hack that. And all of a sudden it's like, you email someone and you're like, yo, if I talk to you, X thousands of people are going to hear our conversation. You're going to get to promote your message. People are very willing to talk to you that would never talk to you if you were just like, hey, can I hang out with you? So through that, I've been able to meet some of my, you know, just, oh God, most influential teachers. The ones that come to mind right now are the ones that are more on the psycho-spiritual, emotional healing, that kind of stuff. Byron Katie, 
uh, is one of my all-time favorite teachers. She teaches you how to unplug from the matrix of your mind and become the observer of your mind and to stop trusting the shit that your mind presents to you, which is a teaching that's in so many different traditions. But the way that she presents it is just so simple and clear and black and white. A five-year-old kid, I mean, a three-year-old kid that understands language could do it, you know? I like teachings that are applicable and simple yet profoundly transformational. And Byron Katie's work is so... Also, as I said, um, uh, Joe Dispenza is a new one. I, people have been trying to turn me on to him for a couple of years. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then one day I was like, I'm going to buy the audiobook, And it was just... So he's putting together so many different pieces. He's taking esoteric teachings like breathwork, kundalini yoga, and even plant medicines. I just talked to him. I uh, just interviewed him last week and found this out. And he's taking all of the dogma and sort of trimming the fat and the accoutrement from it and just going, here's what's happening scientifically when you breathe this way, when you hold the energy centers this way, when you do this meditation, when you think this way, when you fill your thoughts with your heart and your emotion, all this woo-woo shit that to a pragmatic scientific skeptic sounds like bullshit. Joe Dispenza is going, oh no, cool. We have thousands of studies to show you what these practices are doing to you on a physiological, biological, and even epigenetic level. So I find that to be very fascinating. It's the, the, the emergence of science interweaving with spirituality because I believe that science is spirituality when it's done right because it's done with an open mind and it's done from an evolutionary point of view. The science is never settled. You know, when you hear the science is settled, no, it's fucking not. Then it's not science. And Joe Dispenza is great for that. So those are two. And my all-time favorite spiritual teacher uh, was a man named David R. Hawkins who wrote a number of books, the most popular being Power Versus Force. And he dealt with the levels of consciousness and how to raise your consciousness and that everything in the known universe has a calibratable level of consciousness and what you want to do in your life is gravitate toward people, places, things, music, movies, careers, relationships that calibrate higher and higher and higher and raising your vibration and your elevation of your own consciousness by surrounding yourself with that and the reverberation that takes place when you're embodying that elevated consciousness and taking that into the world. And that's the work of David Hawkins. Next. And next week I'll have 10 more, you know. <laughs> There's so many brilliant people out there that are just, I mean, just doing amazing things, you know. It's just crazy. And there's a teacher for everyone too. I'm waiting for her question, but that's the thing. And there's a teacher for a different time. 10 years ago, my teacher was a biker from Louisiana that smoked cigars. It was like a vet, you know. I mean, like very unassuming guy. But I saw his medicine and he helped me profoundly. But he, was, he wasn't even a spiritual teacher. He kind of became my mentor. Yeah. So how do you know what works? Do you have a process? Because you, you give a lot of different options of things to try. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, right? I mean, there are some things that like, all right, it works right away. Yeah. But what about, you know, taking vitamin D over time or other things? Like, What's your process for figuring out what's actually working for you? Well, you know, it's, it's trial and error. And to be totally honest with you, as you might have guessed from my presentation, I'm just the guy that's just... And perhaps to a fault, quite obsessed with all the things, you know, it's just in my nature. I've just always been all in. When I was a kid, it was like fucking Bruce Lee. Don't talk to me about anything but Bruce Lee ever. Then it was Black Sabbath. It's like, I don't care about anything except Black Sabbath. You know what I mean? And now it's like, I don't care anything about anything except consciousness, you know? So it's difficult for me to quantify what's working because if I hear about something, I do that and I just stack it with everything else. And so oftentimes it is challenging for me to figure out what thing is doing what because I'm not that disciplined when it comes to isolating my studies. However, I do sometimes take a day and I just go, you know what? I'm going to try that methylene blue thing, the blue canatine. I'm just going to do that and not even drink coffee, not do anything. I'm just going to see what happens. And doing those isolated tests, although they're rare for me, is one indication that that's working. So it depends on whether it's something that's exogenous or endogenous, meaning if it's something that's coming from out of me or something within me. The things coming from the outside uh, are so susceptible to placebo that it's difficult. I could give you a sugar pill and say, this is magnesium, it's going to help you sleep and you'll crush sleep tonight because you think that you're going to crush sleep tonight. Doing things like breath work, kundalini yoga, working with the, the chakras, um, you know, going to sound baths, sound healings, all these kind of things. To me, I do that check-in like we did in the beginning. Zone in to your deepest self, close your eyes, take a few breaths, see where you are, do the thing, 
come back to where you were and see if your elevation has changed. If you were 100 feet up, are you 10,000 feet now in terms of your consciousness elevation, you know? So it's like the before and after quantification. And if you have the discipline to really isolate, and then it's a matter of developing a hierarchy where you're like, okay, cool. Luke just gave me 150 things. Like, whoa, overwhelming. Where do I start? I can tell you right away. Cold therapy, sun gazing, breath work, meditation. You're done. Don't buy any of that shit. Do that. But you know what? You probably won't do that because you're like, I'm not fucking getting up at dawn. I'm not jumping in a goddamn ice bath. Give me the pill. See what I mean? And I'm not saying you. I just mean, gen- generally speaking, we want the path of least resistance. I mean, I have friends come over and like, I'm like, what do you want to do? Jump in the ice bath? They're like, can we do a vitamin? <laughs> you know, Something else other than that? And eventually they do it and they go, oh my God, I'm like, I'm not depressed anymore. It's that easy. So aligning with nature to me is always number one. And temperature change, like getting in infrared saunas, becoming very hot, getting out in the sun, being grounded on the earth with your bare feet, um, you know, just really forest bathing, hiking, just getting into bodies of natural water. Those kind of things I think are the most healing. That's the foundational place to start and working on your sleep. Then once you get a base level of like, I'm all right, I feel good. Then you start to play. Oh, let me try a modafinil today or let me do a microdose of psilocybin. And then you have like a a better template from which to to discern what's benefiting you and what's not. That helpful? Cool. Always start with nature. That's my message. That's why humans are sick. That's why we're psychologically and mentally and physically ill as we've become domesticated. If you follow uh, my friend Daniel Vitalis, he does a lot of work about human domestication and rewilding and just becoming wild, feral humans, yet also working on elevating our consciousness. Because we live indoors, that's why we suffer. I honestly believe that. We live indoors like a zoo animal and we get sick, just like when you take a zoo animal out of the wild and put it in a fucking zoo. And we've done that to ourselves. And then when we break down because we're disconnected from nature, we go into another zoo called a hospital. We're weird. We're at such a lost place as a species. Like who does that? We imprison ourselves or we allow ourselves to be imprisoned, myself included. I love my AC at home. I'm not, I'm not trying to be out here in the sun sleeping. You know, I love technology. I'm addicted to my iPhone like a crackhead. But I also am aware of it and I do my best to unplug and really get in alignment with the energies of the cosmos and the energies of the air, earth, water, getting into the elements. So you mentioned uh, cyclical ketosis and uh, I've been on like uh, in uh, perpetual ketosis for about a year now and it's been uh, life-changing really. But I'm curious about the cyclical strategy and if there's uh, you know, any uh, physiological advantages over being sustained. You know, with these, with the dietary fads, you know, I started getting into this when it was like the raw vegan days, right? And then everyone stopped making hormones and you know, their teeth fell out. And we're like, oh shit, oops, drink bone broth, you know? So it's like, and you know, no offense to anyone that's on that path. I'm just like, I've seen a lot of iterations. And then it's like, my brother's on the carnivore diet right now. And all his inflammation went away because probably not because it's he's eating only beef and salt and water, but because he's on an elimination diet where he cut out everything else that could possibly be uh, having an allergic reaction to or be remotely uh, inflammatory, right? So the diet fads, I kind of watch. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens with the shit. And that's how the keto diet is. But there, there's so much science to say, especially for someone who's ill. I mean, people cure their cancer from going keto. I mean, that's legit, scientifically verifiable. Not all people in all types of cancer, but a ketogenic diet historically, um, in terms of our ancestors, a ketogenic diet would have been pretty natural for most humans, depending on where your longitude or latitude was, right? We'd be subsisting on animal organs, meat, and fat, primarily with a little foraging going on. So eating like a high-fat keto diet is kind of in our biology for most of us, depending on where your people are from. If they're from the equator, you would have had more starches and fruits, etc. So it's like the Paleolithic kind of viewpoint. As far as your question specifically and coming in and out of ketosis, I totally don't have this mastered. I just know when I like quit all carbs and sugar, it was really difficult to sleep. It jacked my sleep because when you're in ketosis, it does weird things to your hormones and your cortisol can go up and it's not that friendly for all people. I'm very vata and so I'm super high energy and need grounding. So I don't do well on a lot of sugar and carbs, but I do need to be coming out of ketosis. So what I do is kind of 
I'll eat some carbs and some sugars like wild blueberries and things like that. Or last night I had a great cheesecake, just totally off the reservation on all my dietary restrictions <laughs> normally. But I'll eat my sweets or carbs at night and come out of it then the next, you know, then fast until midday the next day by having a fatty coffee in the morning. And so I'm kind of like going in and out of light ketosis personally based on what the monitoring that I've done. But in summary, with all diets and for everyone, not just someone interested in ketosis, like I really don't think there's a right diet for all people. I think there's a right diet for each person at each point in their life. I was a vegetarian for 10 years and then I was like, this feels shitty. I'm not doing this anymore. Who knows? I might do it again. Unlikely, but possible. So like I say to you, if keto is working right now, dude, take it. Like go to the, you know, take it all the way until you don't feel good. Because with the diet things, the fads come along, the books come along, the experts come along. Dude, I could, I could interview 10 people in a row that can absolutely convince me that being a vegan is the number one thing you can do for your health and the planet. I can take the next people with the same fucking degrees the week later and they'll prove to me why veganism will kill you and you'll never have kids. I don't know. I just like, body, what do you want today? What my body wanted today was some lobster and oysters. I was hella glad they were here. The minute I saw that, my body was like, ding, 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 green light. You know? That's, I listen to the body. One more question. Okay, great. I feel like I got extra time. I love that. Hi. I love this stuff. I like hanging out with people and learning and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um, so since we're talking about diets, what is your take on intermittent fasting? Well, intermittent fasting is kind of, you know, one of those things that's come into vogue with the, the whole keto movement. And again, you know, what I tend to do is kind of look back at what got us here in the positive sense, not industrialized food and agriculture, not, I'm talking go back 12, 15,000 years, what got us there before we started falling apart when we learned how to farm, which is exactly what happened. So we lost the medicine in our food, right? And we became complacent. That's where slavery and land ownership and wars and all of that shit came from us going, fuck, I don't want to hunt and gather anymore. Let's just grow some stuff right here. That's like when we really bit the dust. So going back before that, I think in a paleolithic hunter-gatherer lifestyle, there would have been times we had a lot of food, seasonally, good hunts, good foraging, and there would have been times where we had very little food. Sometimes we would have snatched a beehive and got a bunch of honey and been stoked with a bunch of glucose. Sometimes we would have killed a seal and been living on lard for a couple months. So it's like, in nature, it's unlikely that we evolved from having as much food as we wanted of every type all the time. Just common sense would dictate that, Right. With agriculture, we've developed a lifestyle where, and unless we're in, from an impoverished area on the planet, as some of us are and have been, we pretty much can eat whatever we want, whenever we want, right? And so you don't ever think of fasting because when your body's like, I think I want some pizza, you're like, pizza, and it's there. So I like intermittent fasting because it allows the body a break and it allows the body to reset. And the easiest way I've found to do that is just by making some sort of coffee or elixir in the morning with some healthy fats. So I use Bulletproof Brain Octane. I use some grass-fed butter. Usually it's a coffee from Zen Bunny. I put a little dab of uh, Shilajit tar in there for fulvic acid and minerals and to decalcify the pineal gland, man. And, um, and then I'm full for like hours and everyone's like, when are we getting lunch? When are we getting lunch? Like food, food. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Because fat is a great fuel. Whereas if I got up and ate sugar, then I'd be wanting to snack all day. If I got up and ate, you know, something sweet or like refined carbohydrates or something like that. So I think if you eat kind of a moderate protein, high fat diet, you're just going to naturally do intermittent fasting without even really trying because you just don't feel like eating because you're satiated by those healthy fats, meaning ghee, quality pasture raised lard, coconut oil uncooked, really great virgin olive oil. You know, there's very few really good healthy fats. As long as they're from a clean source, you can sustain a lot of energy just on fats and that helps you kind of fast as long as you want. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Much appreciated. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. And I'll give a special shout out to all of the listeners that were present in the audience at this amazing event known as Mercado Sagrado. Thank you so much for joining me that lovely afternoon. And for those of you that said hi and had the opportunity to uh, meet in person, it was lovely to meet you. And all of the many listeners that stopped by my biohacking lounge in my booth, thank you so much for stopping by as well. You know who you are. For those of you interested in coming out to hear me speak at some upcoming events, uh, uh, which will probably end up being episodes just like this one, 
I'll be at Upgrade Labs Biohacking Conference March 27th through 29th in Beverly Hills. And also then back at Paleo FX in Austin, April 24th through 26th. And then in Los Angeles for Meet Delic, May 2nd through 3rd. A lot of good stuff happening. You can get tickets to those events and all events that I participate in at lukestory.com forward slash events. Makes sense, right? Let's thank our sponsors, man. How about Natural Stack? Speaking of upgrading your brain. Now, I didn't have NeuroFuel, their flagship nootropic at the time of doing this talk. So I'm just going to add this to that talk. It's called NeuroFuel. It's one of my favorite nootropics. It's freaking amazing. You can find it at naturalstacks.com forward slash Luke. Enter the code Luke Story at Natural Stacks and save 15% off. And while you're there, I did talk about magnesium in this talk. Grab yourself some of their MagTech. It's my number one favorite magnesium supplement on the market. And if you're going to do one supplement, I'm going to tell you, for me personally, my recommendation would be magnesium because it's so important and uh, so many of us are deficient in it. And you might not think you are, but I can almost guarantee you're not getting enough magnesium based on all of the brilliant doctors that I've interviewed and all of the lab testing I've done and all that. It's kind of the missing link and it's really inexpensive, but it's definitely a needle mover in terms of your overall health. And let's thank Juve. And uh, you can go to juve.com. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash Luke, juve.com. Enter the code Luke at checkout and get a free gift from our friends at Juve. And with Juve, you're going to get down with some really powerful red light therapy. In fact, I have one right here in my studio. There's one in my backyard and my Zen Den the elite unit, which I use uh, while standing on my vibe plate. And I do that thing just about every damn day. And I went through an intense healing a couple nights ago in my body. And I did probably 20 minutes on the juve yesterday before I jumped in my hyperbaric chamber. And uh, I'm feeling a lot better. And I think the juve had uh, much to do with that. And we've got our friends over at Four Sigmatic. That's foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke Story. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C. Foursigmatic.com forward slash Luke Story. The code there is the lifestylist and that gets you 15% off. And uh, I'm leaving for San Francisco in about an hour. And I just realized as I read this uh, promo that I'm going to be packing some of my coffee because I don't think where I'm staying, there's anywhere to get good coffee. So I'm going to use my Four Sigmatic Instant Medicinal Mushroom Coffee throughout this trip. I'm going up there to see a dentist named Dwight Jennings, and I'll also be recording a podcast with him. And my ass needs to be alert. I need to recover from this flight quickly. And Four Sigmatic is going to help me do that per usual. Thank you so much for listening to this show. As I said, if you want the slide deck, Uh, that I used for this presentation, go to lukestory.com forward slash limitless. Or if you have a US phone, text the word I am limitless to the number 44222. All right, that's it. I'll be back in your ears on Tuesday with Dr. Daniel Amen when we learn all about the brain, specifically my brain, but it probably relates to yours too. It's a fascinating episode. I recorded at his clinic in Orange County. Amen Clinics, uh, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. In fact, it was on my vision board for like the past five years or so to get a SPECT scan at Amen Clinics and that shit was manifested and I found out that my brain is pretty tweaked and uh, I'm doing a lot of work on it. And uh, thankfully, I can report that it is helping all of the different things that uh, Dr. Amen recommended. So he's a brilliant guy and uh, one of the most informative, I think, probably the most informative episode I've ever done on brain health. And that comes out on Tuesday. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. I did something where I changed my phone settings. I got a new computer and now I'm not subscribed to my own podcast. It's super annoying. So there's episodes like missing in my feed. So I have to unsubscribe and then resubscribe to make sure that I have them all because I need them for quick links for Instagram posts and stuff. So I'm like, oh, it sucks when you're not subscribed to a podcast that you like. And if you like this one, you know what to do. Subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to be back at you on Tuesday. God bless.